All right, well, you can turn to Colossians chapter 4. Lord willing, we're going to finish out uh, this chapter. Uh, But as you turn there, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather together with the people of God this morning. And Lord, we pray that you do work. Father, I ask that you would fill this place with the Spirit of God. And Lord, that you would just, uh, Lord, help us to set aside the cares of the world and and Lord, the distractions of life, Lord, and that we would just focus on your word. And uh, Father, we just ask that you do a work that would change hearts. And Lord, that you would challenge us to be, uh, Lord, better Christians for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to finish up uh, reading uh, verse 7 down through the end of the chapter. And uh, don't, don't criticize me for how I pronounce some of these names. Um, so... Uh, If they just all were named Justin, I could get it pretty easily. Uh, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, you, uh, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, Aristarchus, I guess you might say, my fellow prisoner saluteth you and Marcus, sister's son, to Barnabas, touching whom ye receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these uh, only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who <clears throat> is one of... Uh, You, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a zeal zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. And when the epistle, and when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. It's interesting that uh, yesterday in the men's prayer meeting, we were talking with Pastor and a couple of other men about outlines and and preparing lessons and and uh, my outline. I struggled this not this morning, but last night and then this morning I was trying to make some changes and and get more comfortable because for me I was telling them yesterday when I have a good outline I feel like I can it flows and and I can do the the lesson uh, a little more effectively in my outline did not come together great. And so I feel like I'm struggling this morning, so just pray for me. Um, <clears throat> but I'm talking about friends this morning. And, and if you remember uh, months ago when we were in Romans and we finished up Romans, the Apostle Paul often does this at the end of his, his writings here, and he talks about the greetings of all those people and, and, and those things. And we, so we talked a little bit in a similar fashion back in Romans. But everyone needs friends. Um. I don't have a lot of friends. Cindy is a social butterfly more so than me. She has lots of friends and those things. And she's actually kind of an introvert, but you wouldn't never know that. But um, I don't know. (laughs) 
So they have been full of it the last few weeks at my house. I'm, they're just heckling me and giving me a hard time. And she's got these finger puppets and she's playing games. And I was trying to study yesterday and I said, listen, I'm trying to focus here. <laughs> I need some help. And they're, they're messing with me. We're just having a good time. I'm not complaining, but um, we all need friends. And the Apostle Paul here, uh, I think when we look at this passage and, and we know that he's in bonds, right? He finishes out in verse 18, remember my bonds. You know, he's in captivity, um, and he's not writing about the money and the successes of those things as he closes this this, this book out here. He begins to greet friends in in those things, And, and I think it's because friends are important, and the Apostle Paul understood his ministry would not be what it was without these friends that labored with him. And um, <clears throat> the older I get, uh, the less interested I am in in having a lot of friends. But I want to have good friends. Um, and young people, I mean, that's what we tell young people. You've got to find the right friends, the good friends, and, and those that are going to encourage you. And, and um, <clears throat> Paul gives us several things. We're, we're going to actually draw some things out here through the comments that he makes about these individuals um, uh, being friends on, on maybe some principles that we could uh, make friends with or maybe become a better friend uh, to our friends. And so number one this morning, be faithful. Uh, be a faithful friend. Um, Paul writes uh, that his friend Tychicus uh, is, is the one that's going to send this letter and uh, he's going to report to uh, the church there at Colossae on Paul, how Paul's doing. Look at verse 7. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother. And look what it says, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. That's a good friend, right? A faithful friend that's a fellow servant. And um, <clears throat> we ought to be laboring together. And how much more exciting is it to do that when we have faithful friends on our, along, uh, right next to us that we can trust and and the Apostle Paul, there were things that he could not do because of the bonds. He was being hindered in his ability to minister, but he could trust Tychicus, and, and we see even later on here Onesimus, to, to declare his state to the folks there. And, and it says to comfort your hearts. And so there was a friend that Paul had that was just faithful, that he knew he could trust. And a friend loveth at all times. Uh, we find here that Onesimus and uh, Tychicus, they weren't the kind of friends that were there when things were going good. Right? They're buddies in jail. Uh, for, for preaching the gospel, he, he's in bonds, and, and they didn't abandon him. Uh, they didn't just do away with him. Uh, they continued to communicate with him and, and really help his ministry. Um, <clears throat> but this individual here, Tychicus, Tychicus, however you want to pronounce it, he didn't write an epistle. And there's really no specifics of his ministry ever that I could find in the book of Acts. There was not a lot of, there's no information about this individual. Um, but he's one of those rare friends who worked privately behind the scenes to ensure that his friend's ministry did well. And uh, what a blessing. And uh, listen, I'm going to get ahead of myself, and maybe that's what the Lord wants us to do this morning. But I, I, it's, it's later in my notes, but... Every man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Uh, the Apostle Paul 
had these just faithful men. Uh, They weren't looking for accolades. They weren't looking for recognition. Uh, They were just faithfully serving the Lord and supporting Paul. And uh, listen, uh, are you that kind of a friend to your friends? Uh, uh, Are those the kind of friends that you seek? Um, We we ought to be. Uh, Not just when it's going good. It's easy to be people's friends when they have money and they're sharing it. Right? We all, you know that, right? You, your, your friend, maybe, uh, they're pretty uh, supportive financially of you and your friendship. And, and uh, I've been in circumstances where I had some friends and uh, because of what was going on in my life at the time, things were good and we were enjoying some things. But I realized I was footing the bill for a lot of this stuff, right? And when that, those circumstances changed because I couldn't afford that or, or in the circumstances, all of a sudden I, those people weren't around. That's not a faithful friend. Um, I, that's not even a friend, really, honestly. And, and so this morning, uh, Paul is, is sending his friend uh, Tychicus and, and to tell the believers at Colossae how he is doing in prison. And, and it says to comfort them. And uh, so he can trust this man to carry this letter to the, to the Colossians. And uh, he, uh, if you look at... Um, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21 and 22 is the same individual that delivers the letter to the Ephesians. And uh, during the uh, second imprisonment, uh, as the execution approaches, uh, one of Paul's last acts recorded in 2 Timothy 4.12, look what it says. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. He was a faithful friend who Paul knew would carry on the ministry after his death. Just somebody that was faithful, uh, that you could trust. Nobody likes that... uh, foot out of joint or a broken tooth, right? Uh, it's painful, but, but faithfulness and, and just to have confidence that somebody is there. They have your back. They're supporting you. And uh, that was the example here. Paul mentions his other faithful friend, his Onesimus, uh, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, and so that would indicate that he's a native of Colossae. Uh, and uh, I believe we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, he appears to be uh, <clears throat> a Philemon's runaway slave, and he was converted under Paul's ministry, and Paul sending him as his dear friend back to Colossae uh, with, with uh, Tychicus. And, and though Onesimus had only been uh, probably a Christian for a short time, he had proven to be a faithful friend and beloved brother. And uh, have you ever met somebody and God just knit your heart together? even though you didn't know him for a long time. Uh, I have a friend like that, and, and uh, he actually reached out to me uh, a week or so ago, and, and he's got some struggles in life right now. And, and uh, we weren't together for a long time, but the short time we were together, God just knit our hearts together. And so you don't have to be with somebody for a long time to build up a good friendship, especially if you're both faithful to the friendship, Right? Yeah, it, it makes it a lot easier to be friends with somebody when they're faithful. Uh, and it's a lot easier for, uh, for you to be their friend if you're faithful to them. And, and so he delivers this letter and um, listen, and, and they go and, and the theme of Philemon is the power of the gospel to transform lives, I guess you could say. And, but Philemon verse 11 says this, which in the time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Speaking of Onesimus. He was a faithful man that became profitable in ministry. 
Uh, why? Because he was faithful. He was just trustworthy day in and day out. He could be trusted to execute the requirements of the ministry, if you will. Whatever those tasks were. And uh, this morning, I want to challenge you. Are you faithful? Uh, I would like to think that we're all friends here today. And, and that doesn't mean we're all, what are they called, BFFs? I don't know. You ladies just walked in, right? BFF, best friend forever, something like that. So, uh, right? And, you know, you got these real close friends. Cindy has a really close friend, Krista Boyle. And, uh, and just like they could be apart for years and years, but when they're together, it's like they were never apart. And, and, and those kind of things. It doesn't mean we're all like that this morning. Uh, but as faithful friends... We ought to be encouraging one another and being faithful to each other in here. Supporting each other's ministry. Every single one of us has a ministry in here. We've talked about that uh, in weeks past. And, and God has a responsibility for each individual of this body to execute part of this mission work here in Rapid City. And, and so are we encouraging one another? Are we faithfully supporting one another in, in their area of ministry? And we ought to be. Uh, be and that's profitable. For the ministry, the church will go forward at a greater extent than it can if we're supporting one another. And we'll look at that a little bit more as we move on through here. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, on the lines with Onesimus kind of being a convert of Paul and, and those things, it's possible some of your best friends uh, that you will ever have are not Christians yet. Uh, that's an interesting thought. And until they come to Christ, they may be unprofitable to you as a friend. Uh, listen, probably or possibly some of your best friends to be are just waiting for you to win them to Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul, just people that he was leading to Christ, people that were reached to his ministry become his friends and his co-laborers, if you will. And, and so listen, are you being a witness? Are you faithful to witness to those around you? Uh, you might be sharing the gospel with your next best friend. Uh, and if you don't share, who's going to? Um, oftentimes the Christian influence in the people that we're around uh, is very limited, maybe even to just us alone. Especially for those of us that work in a secular environment. Uh, they might not know any other Christians. I can't think of, well, let me back up. Caleb Willard and Josiah Bell are a part of my squadron, but they don't work directly with me every day. Especially Caleb, he's in a different flight. Josiah is in my flight, but... Um, there are people that I work with in the headquarters building that they will never interact with. And the same for, I'm not going to be down in the HVAC shop a whole lot interacting with those people that Josiah is and over at EOD with Caleb. It just doesn't happen. That's just not where I'm at. And so the people that I work with, I can't think of anyone else that's a Christian. Really of any flavor at all. Not, I'm not just talking about independent Baptist. I'm just talking, uh, none of them claim Christ that I can tell. And they just give me a hard time for doing that. Right? They make fun of me because I'll drink a root beer and not the other kind. So, and uh, we had a, a, a guy going, I'm off track here, but we had a guy going away this week and I'm actually taking over for him, so more responsibility, same pay. But uh, so one of the, the folks that we work with, hey, we're going to go and we're going to have a beer. And, and he said, I don't, I don't drink. And you can bring me a, a diet root beer. And they were making him a hard time. And I said, well, I'll come and I'll drink a root beer with you because I don't drink either. And, and they know because one of the guy that was offering that, I work very close with every day. And he's like, oh, uh, you guys, you know. And, uh, but, but listen, are you a witness where you're at? Are you a faithful witness? 
uh, listen, I have very strong bonds with some of the people that I work with uh, being in the military. And, and some of them I've deployed with uh, several times because we've been at different locations. We've PCSed and God's brought some of us uh, back here to the same location. And, and so I've experienced some things with them and we're very close, but they're not Christians. But if they were Christians, we'd probably be best friends. So we ought to be working at winning those people to Christ. Uh, listen, I trust you have a burden for the lost around you. Uh, let's not just have friends here. Uh, these might be our best friends. Uh, but let's be faithful to share the gospel with others around us and maybe generate some more friends uh, here at the church house. And Next, uh, Paul lists Aristarchus, whom Paul describes as a fellow prisoner there in verse 10. Uh, he was from Thessalonica and accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. Uh, he was with Paul during the riot there at Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. And uh, for those of you that were here and you remember uh, the Sunday school lesson for anniversary days in Acts chapter 27, uh, he was actually with Paul when he was shipwrecked there. And uh, it says that he was a, he's a fellow prisoner, it says. And, and so through it all, Aristarchus remained faithful to Paul and the Lord. He had been through some things with Paul. He'd experienced the downs of friendship, if you will, right? Because it's not always sunshine and butterflies, right? Or, or waffles and syrup, because that's delicious too, you know? Uh, um, listen, life's not always sweet. And sometimes we need those friends that are going to stick by us through those storms of life. And I have very few people, uh, I don't even... I, less than on one hand, that I think if I needed something, that they would drop what they're doing and show up here. Very few people that I would consider that close of a friend. But I have a couple. And that's the type of friend I believe that Paul had here in this man. They had been through some tough times, through some, through some challenging days. Uh, listen, they were desperate for their lives in Acts chapter 27. And here is this man here, he's just faithful to, to labor with them and, and to work with them. And, and church history tells us that um, uh, he was killed by Nero in Rome. And, and listen, this morning, I guess I've said it a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again. Are you a faithful friend? Proverbs 20, verse 6, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Nobody else needs to know but you and your friend, that you're faithful. It's not about getting accolades. It's not about recognition. God just needs people who will come along and labor without looking for any of that. Just good, solid, faithful friends. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. Are you a faithful friend? When pastor writes his epistle, yeah, no, but uh, is he going to mention you as, as a faithful member of uh, uh, laboring here with him at Liberty. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the goal. You're not striving to be considered faithful by a man. Uh, but ultimately, it's faithfulness to the Lord and honoring God and laboring uh, together with fellow believers. Uh, number two this morning, be forgiving. <clears throat> I looked this up, and, and it says Marcus here, right, in in, in verse 10, next Paul's list of friends here is Marcus. And, and uh, nearest I can tell, I believe this is Mark or John Mark that we know that wrote the gospel uh, of Mark. Um, and uh, the author of that second gospel. 
Um, he accompanied Paul and Barnabas on that first missionary journey, right? Most of you are probably familiar with these circumstances. Uh, but John Mark deserted him there, I believe, in Pamphylia. And uh, when Paul and Barnabas began their second journey, Barnabas wanted to take him again. And the Apostle Paul refused uh, as a result of the first interaction with them. And, and uh, Acts chapter 15, 39 says this, And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. And, and of course, we know Paul took Silas and, and went on to, to journey. And uh, it would appear that John Mark made a mistake. Um, uh, for whatever reason, he left the work is what, the, the, what it says in Acts. He had left the work. And so the, it, it appears he made a mistake. And, and, uh, but listen, I, God was keep continuing to use him. And, and so I, I'm not going to be too critical of this. But um, the bottom line is Paul forgave him. Friends are forgiving. Um, in any friendship, there will be disappointment and hurt. Uh, listen, the greatest friendship I have is my wife. But I've disappointed her and I've hurt her at times. And she's been forgiving. And uh, I've had to forgive her as well, just for the record. Um, uh, <laughs> we were on the way into church today and, and uh, Carter was trying to show me something and I was driving and so let me see that. And I was looking and she's like, that's on his phone. You're not supposed to have a phone while you're driving. You should be a good example. I said, you're right, it's unfortunate that I'm not the perfect example in all areas like you. And, uh, but uh, so we've had a good time in our, in our house lately. And, and, uh, but uh, listen, any friendship, there has to be forgiveness. And, and, no, and it says the contention was so sharp. There was whatever that was, there was something so sharp between them that they weren't even going to fellowship at that moment. And uh, I've had friends that way. I remember um, as a young person, Dan Tenderholt, one of my best friends growing up. And uh, I actually led him to the Lord, and he started going to church. Pray for him. He's not in church today. But um, we were in the front yard. I can see it in my mind's eye just like it was yesterday. I had this bright neon green uh, shorts and T-shirts because it was the late 80s or early 90s. And just two young boys we were playing. And I don't even know what we got to fussing about, but we started duking it out right there. I'm like clothes tearing, punches thrown, like black eye, almost knocking out teeth. It was like a, a no kidding fight. We were so mad. 15 minutes later, we'd forgot what we were fighting about and we were best friends again. Uh, we were forgiving. Right, probably because it was something stupid. I don't remember what it was, but I can see it, it, it to this day vividly. We were no kidding, throwing punches at each other, kicking each other. It was a full-on fight. And uh, but listen, we forgave each other and we're friends. And uh, listen, this morning, uh, <clears throat> sometimes people just need forgiveness. And if they can't get it from a Christian friend, where are they going to get it? Mark perhaps made a mistake here, and, and they separate ways. And, and I know most of you, if not all of you, already know this. Paul writes in 2 Timothy, and he mentions Mark to, to bring him because he's profitable in the ministry. And so whatever that difference was earlier on, it was settled, and, and, and they'd forgiven one another, and they were fellowshipping once again. And, and so this morning, are you forgiving? It's easy 
to just cast people aside that are disappointing or that hurt us. But we all have John Marks who deserve a second chance to be our friends. No one's perfect. You're not. But sometimes we try to hold these standards for other people. Uh, but listen, let's be forgiving. Uh, if you want to have good friends and be a good friend, be forgiving. And uh, then be comforting. Paul names uh, in verse 11 here, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, Jesus, which is called justice. And uh, we know Jesus was a common Jewish name. Uh, <clears throat> in the Greek form of the Hebrew name, Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. And, and when the angel tells Joseph and Mary uh, that uh, she will have a son and tells Joseph to name him Jesus in Matthew chapter uh, 1 and 21, it says, this is why, and he shall bring forth, uh, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so we know that's kind of the meaning behind that name. And, and, but we don't know a lot about this justice fella, this justice guy, um, uh, because his name appears only in this passage right here. I, I couldn't find it. In, I did a search. I couldn't find it anywhere else. And uh, Paul writes that justice, John Mark and Aristarchus are the only Jew, uh, Jewish believers among his fellow workers. Uh, and then verse 11b, uh, actually let's go back to verse 11. Sorry, let me read this whole thing so we can understand it. And Jesus, which called justice, who are of the circumcision, these. And so when he says in Jesus, if you go back to verse 10, it says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salute you, and Marcus, my sister, uh, Marcus's sister's sons to Barnabas, that's a, the tongue twister, uh, touching whom you receive commandments, if he come unto you, receive him, and justice, which is called, or and Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision. These are my, <clears throat> these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. And so it appears these are the only Jews that are laboring with the Apostle Paul uh, here, and, and, uh, and he finds comfort in that in the last part of verse 11, uh, have been a comfort unto me. And I believe that this is possibly because it implies Paul's heartbreak over the vast majority of his own people rejecting the gospel. We know that was a burden in Paul's heart, uh, that, that they had rejected the gospel. And uh, instead, they had plotted to kill Paul, and they persecuted the believers. But in contrast here, we see these three men uh, that includes justice, were willing to be alienated from the rest of their, uh, their, their Jewish uh, <clears throat> heritage, I guess, if you will. And they identified with Paul because of the gospel. And Paul uh, found great comfort in this, that there were those that, that were laboring with him and they were a comfort to him. And so the word here translated comfort uh, is really an unusual word, uh, paragoria, uh, and it's only found here in the New Testament, interesting enough, like Justice's name, but uh, it means to soothe. Uh, we get our English word paragoric. Any of you older folks know what that is? No, apparently it used to be over-the-counter drug. So they've got a couple head nods back there of you uh, senior saints. Um, but uh, it, it used to be over-the-counter drug that you could get up until 1997. And uh, it was taken for the relief of diarrhea and intestinal pain was the common thing. But it was a, it was a pain reliever. But it was just especially good in, in that area of discomfort. And uh, the Greek word really just refers to any soothing or pain-killing medicine. Comforting. 
And uh, we all need friends who can soothe our hurts and disappointments. They can comfort us in challenging times. Uh, Proverbs 27.9 says this, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Friends can be a great comfort. Not Job's friends, necessarily. But listen, sometimes a friend can just be there when nobody else can. Uh, they can be there to support you. They can be there through those challenging times. And, and uh, some friends are better at comforting than others. Uh, I consider you all my friend this morning, but I'm not the best one to come for comfort to. Um, that's just the reality of it. Um, and my boys will tell you that from experience. Uh, you know, just shut up and color and get back to work, you know. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but listen, the honest truth is sometimes we need some comfort. Sometimes things do get rough and they get challenging and, and uh, there, there are some people that just have that gift of comforting and, and able to, to, do, to, to fill that gap. And uh, Prayer is the next one that we're going to look at in verse 12. <clears throat> Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And so we have this Epiphras, and, and uh, he was a man of prayer. Paul informs the Colossian believers that he's praying for them and laboring fervently. What a challenge. Do you labor in fervent prayer for your friends? Uh, in other words, he prayed for their spiritual development, right? He was praying that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That they would just continue to develop and become all that God wanted them to be. And uh, he has really a distinction among all of his friends as being the only one whom Paul commends uh, here for his ministry of prayer. And uh, I'll use uh, Breck's term, prayer was serious business. Laboring fervently uh, in prayers for his friends. He's laboring in prayer for these Colossian Christians and, and uh, just asking God to, to continue to work and make them complete uh, in the will of God. And a good friend ought to be praying for his friends. We ought to be praying for one another in this room as friends in Christ. Uh, sometimes friends might need a little more prayer than other times. Uh, and listen, I'll tell you what, there's not much that will bind friends together closer than prayer. Uh, I can think of uh, somebody <clears throat> in my mind's eye, uh, a couple men. When I was in Washington, um, I just had a burden to pray. And, and so I went to the pastor and I said, hey, I would like to do this every, every Saturday I'd like to come to the church, open the doors up, and just have the men come pray uh, for the church services. And, and there was a few men, just a few, that would show up every Saturday that we were available. Of course, people have jobs and in vacation, but there was a consistent period of years where, and they still continued it, they kind of adjusted it a little bit, but they're still doing it to this day up over there. But there's a couple men that would show up to that that I can think of right now. One of them has actually gone to be with the Lord and and our friendship just flourished because we were praying together. 
uh, because we were praying one for another and we were praying for the ministry together. And there's very few things that will bind you together with somebody in friendship like prayer will. Uh, But we see this example of him laboring fervently in prayer. I don't know what that looks like. I'll be honest with you this morning. I feel like I've had some times of of deep prayer. But when I think of labor, I think of carrying lumber, doing roofing or something, some of those things that are a little more strenuous in my job uh, that I've done over the years. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever been exhausted because I've prayed so much and, and just felt like it labored me. Uh, but this man had a testimony that he labored fervently in prayer for others. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to get in the prayer closet and start praying for your friends. Start praying for those around you. It will bring you closer together. Even if they don't know that you're praying for them, you'll get closer to them. It's amazing how God can do that. You'll begin to appreciate them in a better way. You'll begin to uh, really be more forgiving of maybe their uh, shortfalls in in those things. Uh, Because it's all about the Lord. It really has nothing to do with that individual or you. It's just you're desiring God to bring those people into a more complete person in Him, in Christ. And, and listen, we need to be praying for one another. Second Thessalonians 1.11 says this, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of, his calling, of this calling. Right? That we ought to be praying that for folks and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness. And this is what I want to focus on before we, we have to start wrapping it up. And the work of faith... With power. Do you want power in our ministry? I do. Are you praying that God would pour out His power on our church? Uh, pour out His power on the congregation of, our, of, of the people here that make up our church? They, they, that we would have power in our workplaces, that we would have power at Walmart. Uh, for those that go to Walmart, I avoid that place. But, but listen, uh, I want God's power here. I want God to do a work. And, and listen, we need to get behind uh, that secret door of prayer and start praying that God would give us power. That God would pour out His blessing upon our friends that we minister with and that we, that we serve the Lord with and that God would give them power. That God would give them a Holy Spirit filling and, and that He would just lift them up. And listen, this morning, we ought to be praying. And I challenge you to start laboring in prayer. As I, as I was preparing this, I just couldn't help but think, I don't think we labor in prayer. Collectively, as, as a modern-day church, I guess, if you will, I just don't think we labor in prayer. God answers prayer. Prayer changes things. And so when we're not seeing God doing works and we're not seeing God doing things, it might be because we're not laboring. In prayer, listen, we're good at laboring outwardly and physically. We got all these things we can do. We get out and, and we put on the show. We carry the Bible. Uh, we shout amen. Sometimes I'm pretty quiet about that. I'm working on it, Pastor. Um, but listen, we oftentimes labor physically. And we can wear ourselves out when if we would have just spent some time in prayer it would have been far more productive. And God would have blessed those efforts and those things that we were trying to do in such a greater capacity if we would have just labored in prayer. 
and ask God's power on these things. Ask God to give the goodness and ask God to do this work of, of faith and power. But we get so distracted on the physical oftentimes. Listen, we're not in a physical battle. This is a spiritual one. We're not going to win it physically. There are things that we have to do physically, right? I have to get up here and physically teach this class. But it needs to be labored in prayer. It needs to be bathed in prayer. And, and God needs to be in it or it's just vain. It's just some clown up here. Blah, 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 blah. And I say that in all sincerity. <clears throat> I really wasn't planning on going here. I don't know what God's going to do in our church. But I've told a couple guys lately, I experienced something similar to what our church is going through now before. And that church exploded. New facility. We were overflowing our facility and God just had to give us one. That's my prayer. But we have to do it together. We have to bind together as the people of God, as friends, if you will, and get serious about laboring. Physically, yes, there's some things that we'll have to do, but we need to get serious about seeking God in His face. Brother Tim Wells uh, had a, a great challenge for us men yesterday at men's prayer. But to humble ourselves, to seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways. Listen, are you serious about this walking with Christ? Sometimes that we're too content. I pray that God breaks our heart and binds us together that we can do more for Christ. People are going to hell. All around us. COVID or not, they're going to hell. Politics or not, they're going to hell. Let's not get distracted with all these distractors that the devil's got going on in our world today. And let's get focused on what God has us to do as Christians. And that's to share the gospel of Christ with those around us. And let's pray about that. And we'll probably finish this lesson up next week. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, I thank you for this lesson and the challenge it was to my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in our church. I pray that this people here would get serious about serving you. And Lord, that we would turn to you, Father, that we would bind together in unity. And Lord, that we would be truly good friends to one another. And Father, that there's no telling what you could accomplish if we did that. And now we just pray that you'd bless our church. And Lord, we ask for your blessing on the service to follow. We pray that you'd be with our pastor, fill him. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, just bind up the devil. Lord, remove the barriers. I pray that you would just fill this place with the Spirit of God and do a work in each and every heart. And Father, we'll give you the glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.